25 years ago, on March 15, 1998, the Miami Fusion kicked off their opening game in MLS's third season, becoming one of the two expansion teams in this ever-growing professional league. While the Chicago Fire would win the U.S. Open and MLS Cup double in that 1998 season, getting all the attention in the process, the Fusion would quietly grind, grow, and build over the next few years until finally putting forth a dominant Supporter Shield winning season in 2001. This team, led by Ray Hudson, played fast, loose, and exciting soccer. Alex Pineda-Chicon, Pablo Mastroeni, and Nick Romando were just some of the memorable names on this roster. This progressive playing squad was bested only by a young Landon Donovan and his San Jose Earthquakes in the Major League Soccer playoffs that year. Despite putting together one of the best seasons in MLS history at that point and arguably since, MLS made the decision to fold both the Fusion and their Florida neighbors, MLS original franchise, Tampa Bay Mutiny. While MLS soccer has returned to Miami in the form of David Beckham's Inter-Miami, much has been discussed of what could have been had the Miami Fusion been allowed to stay and build. Indeed, what would a Miami Fusion look like in 2023? This podcast tells the story of the Miami Fusion through the voices of those who actually lived it. 25 interviews across 25 episodes charting the good, the bad, and the unbelievable. My name is Joe Shaw, and this is 25 for 25, the story of the Miami Fusion from those who lived it a detox production. Join us all season long as we explore this unique slice of American sports history. This is a great sports event. This is the best ticket money can buy in South Florida. And it rocks, it absolutely rocks. What would you do if you moved to a country and the sport you love has a league that gets folded and done away with before you even get a chance to start supporting them? That was the situation that happened to Fernando Fiore, El Presidente, when he came to the United States in the 80s. Coming from his native Argentina, he loved soccer, football, and was excited to support the New York Cosmos of the North American Soccer League. But when the league folded in the 80s, he wasn't sure what he was going to do. And it would be a long period of time until 1996 when Major League Soccer finally brought a professional, a top-tier professional sports league back to the United States. And it would still be two further years until 1998 when the Miami Fusion would bring soccer to South Florida, which is where Fernando found himself in the late 90s. Fernando covered the league and the Miami Fusion from a media perspective, and really felt brought into the team as a whole as part of a family. And he finally felt, this is the team I can rally behind. This is the team I can support. I'm all in. And then four years later in 2001, at the end of that season, MLS would contract Miami along with the Tampa Bay Mutiny. And it wouldn't be until way later before Inter-Miami brought soccer back to South Florida. In 25 for 25, the story of the Miami Fusion from those who lived it, we're charting the good, the bad, and the unbelievable stories of this incredible team in South Florida. Fernando shares his perspective and his stories in chapter four. Finally, 
I have a team. First of all, uh, Fernando Fiore, El Presidente, I'm excited for you to be on the show and to share your stories, the fusion. So what are, um, maybe let's, let's have you walk me through how you started covering the fusion in your capacity at the time back in the late 90s and early 2000s. How did you come to that particular job? Okay, it goes, uh, it goes back many years before 1998 with the fusion, before 1996 with the MLS, and actually is uh, the story of my life when I moved from uh, uh, Buenos Aires, Argentina uh, uh, to um, the New York, New Jersey area. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was, uh, I, I love football all my life, you know, and, 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 and an Argentinian kid, uh, living very close to, uh, to River Play, my, my, uh, my team from all my life that I was, uh, you know, getting from the, my father to me and, and, and part of the, part of the club in, uh, you know, playing, playing football with my friends and, and other sports and, and swimming on summers. And, uh, so I was very, very tight related with uh, with the football and then playing, obviously, with, you know, through my life in grammar school, high school, the tournaments, uh, and, and so on. And um, and then when I moved to uh, to US, one of the things that I said I'm gonna miss the most is going to the stadium every other Sunday. Uh, you know, when my team plays local or some games in our way. Right. So uh, fortunately, at that time, then I realized that. That it was the cosmos, which was you know the NASL, the old NASL, and it was very close to my home. I used to live in my family in Hoboken, New Jersey, which was very close to Secaucus and the Giant, the old Giant Stadium. So, right. all of a sudden, I say, "Well, uh, I knew about the cosmos before, but then, it, you know, it, it was it was very close." And and I say, "Well, okay, now this is my team. Now the cosmos is my team, and and thank God we have a." We have football in the U.S. Uh, saying this, it, I, I was heartbroken when the whole league fall down right. a couple of years later, 1983, and uh, and it just I just couldn't believe it. You see, uh, I was 23 years old. Uh, I get to uh, I get to U.S. when I was 19. I was 23, and I said, "How how a, a football league is gonna disappear?" I mean, yeah. and uh, it, it's Unbelievable. I mean, I, I was used to a hundred years of history of uh, of the league in my in my country, and I knew the, all the all the clubs from Europe. and And I said, "This is not possible. How in a country like this, the whole football league is going to disappear? Right. What are you talking about?" <laughs> well, that was it. That was here. They said, "We don't get money. We're losing money, so we're folding." And I said, "That this is this is." incredible um and i knew that we have a history of football in the u.s because you know i, I was already you know very much into reading and and, and i love sports all my life and I, and I knew about the 1930 world cup in, in in uruguay with the national team of u.s and i knew about that the famous one zero against england in in 1950 right. and, and 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 you know and so on so that one fast forward suffering with no football you know, in my country, in my city, you know, just amateurs or you know, or little leagues, or right. or going to play with my friends and 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 so on. So when the when the MLS 
was was talking about in 1994, I was already on TV. I started on TV in 1998. So by 1994, I was already covering sports for for many years, and uh, and uh, and the World Cup in the U.S. It, it, you know, it would be fabulous for me. And 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 then the uh, the requirements for FIFA was to get a league yep. soon. Uh, so I said, okay, there is hope. So we finally got the league in 1996. I was one of the first supporters of the league. Uh, in every in every way, funny that you talk about your uh, you know your connection with Dallas because uh, uh, I was doing another show on TV at that time. I wasn't doing exactly sports, uh, although I did uh, the World Cup in ninety and ninety four. But uh, when the league comes up in ninety six, I was doing um, a traveling show with Sofia Vergara around the world called Fuera de Serie. It was That's right. a traveling show, and uh, and it just happened that we were in the Dallas forward area the day of the very first game that it was broadcast by Univision, oh, which wow. was at the Cotton Bowl, the Dallas Burn. Yes. So they invited me to go, you know, as part of the broadcast day uh, and, and get my opinion on the Cotton Bowl, either, you know, and, and the league. So it was the very first game that uh, we broadcast in Univision, which has the rights on the very beginning. Right. And uh, and uh, I remember that day, it, it was hot, it was... Uh, you know, it, it wasn't so many people for the size of a stadium like the Cotton yeah. Bowl, and uh, and I remember, of course, uh, the jerseys of the Dallas Burn and the famous uh, flaming uh, horse. And uh, yes, yeah, and, uh, and I have my Hugo and, Sanchez uh, jersey upstairs. I should have brought it down, but yes, yeah, I, I have I have plenty. I have plenty. <laughs> I, have, uh, I have a big collection of over five hundred jerseys, and That's many many are from the MLS the MLS history. So. Uh, I was working in that show and uh, and I was following and I was following the MLS obviously, but we didn't have a team in in my area again. Yeah. So I was hoping that someday soon we will have a team in uh, in, uh, in in Miami. Fast forward two years, finally they yeah. decided that they're gonna have a team in Miami, which uh, for all of us it was a no-brainer with so many Latinos and 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 and, and football fans in this area. We couldn't understand. How come we didn't have one investor in 1996? Right. But nevertheless, finally we will have a team, uh, and uh, and and that's the creation of the fusion. You know, we uh, I was still doing that show, traveling around the world. So I uh, every time that you know I was trying to to be here on the Sundays or Saturdays or whatever day the fusion was was playing in Miami. So I attended tons of games, uh, and the ones I didn't attend it was because I was. You know, in China or Paris or Australia, you know, yeah. some some place really far away. I used to drive one hour from my home. Uh, sometimes, if I was late for something, I I used to drive one hour just to see the second half of the game, forty five minutes, and come back another hour to my home. And uh, the before that, I suffered a lot, and I remember vividly where I was. Uh, I was in a trip in Dominican Republic when I heard on the news or I read something, I, yeah, I, I read something or it was on the radio. I, I don't remember exactly how it happened, but I know that I was in Dominican Republic when I when I uh, I got the news that Miami Fusion was not gonna be playing at the Orange Bowl because they didn't come to terms That's right. with, uh, with, the, with the government at that time because yeah, they wanted yeah. to have a lease of 10 years, I remember. That's right. Joe Carollo was the yes. politician, which is still a politician here in Miami. And uh, and, and and the demands from the city was 10 years lease, 
it, it, it was incredible demands for right. a brand new team that we didn't know if it's going to work. Right. So when that day, that day I heard that we are not going to play at the Orange Bowl. We are not going to play in Miami. We are playing in a very small uh, stadium up north, about 45 to an hour away in Fort Lauderdale. It was, I said, no, I can't believe it. You know, I, yeah. no, the Orange Bowl, it was 15 minutes from my home. It was right in the middle of the city. I knew it would work with a lot of Latinos in around the area. And then all of a sudden, we transported to the old home of the Fort Lauderdale Strikers. Right. There's a lot of fans. Yes, they're coming from Fort Lauderdale and not West Palm and so on. But I still, you know, I was still suffering thinking that it would have much, much better work if it would be in a downtown area. Saying that, I start to go. I remember the very first game at Lockhart Stadium. Uh, it, it, it was uh, it was refurbished, but then the owner can hold of it, and uh, and and it was uh, around twenty thousand people on, on you know, the capacity, and uh, and I remember the craziness of uh, of of the of the game that day. I I tried to go very early because I knew we were invited right. uh, by Univision. Uh, and we have the tickets to go. I and uh, and I remember that I went there, and it was a sea of sea of jerseys and 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 football people crazy to see the first game. Unfortunately, it didn't go well that game with this United, and the whole season <laughs> was very disappointed from uh, from the sporting point of view, right. and from the fans on the on the stands. Um, very soon, we changed. Our first coach, Cacho Cordova, an Argentine, uh, ex Boca Juniors, that he was, uh, that was our first coach, uh, and uh, and then Ivo Warman came in. It, it was a, you know, we start to get a lot of a lot of situations with some of the players, and yeah. and it was a it was a very sad first season uh, at the end. I I, I supported with all my heart, and, but I, it was kind of sad. To see that the people didn't go to the stadium yeah. as much, and uh, and uh, the results didn't help at all. And uh, and I love my team. Yeah. <laughs> I love my team well, in the bad times. <laughs> I mean, that's what that's what being a football fan is all about, right? Is you you support them, good and bad, and and sometimes the results are are good, and sometimes they're they're not they're not great, right? And so. Um, I think that's a good point. So the only year, and this is what's interesting context, is from nine. So even though the results weren't great in 98 and 99 for the Fusion, they still made the playoffs because of how the league was structured at the time. So there are the 12 teams, yeah. you got 10 of them making it. So you, you sneak in, you see what you can do, not much. 2000, right, the rebuilding starts to take over where, where you have the switch from Evo to, to Ray. Uh, about uh, early to midway through the season. And while that's the only year they don't make the playoffs, they make the finals of the U.S. Open Cups. They do make a good run in that, which starts leading yes. the foundation for that magical 2001 season where they just knock the socks off of everybody in the league. And it was interesting. I was talking with John Trask, former assistant coach during that time period with Ray, and I was asking him about the the dynamic of, of some of the different players and how well they work together. And he, I was asking about Diego Serna and Alex Pena-Chicon and, and their dynamic and how they played off of each other so well. Yes, you've got Diego Serna's jersey on right there. It's incredible. And and I was like, what what was that dynamic like for you as a coach? How was that? And he was like, Suarez and Messi, Suarez and Messi, 
two powerhouse players, right? Feeding each other, working together, and making magic. He said, that's what I saw every day I went to the field. Serena and Chicon, they were they were feeding each other the ball. They were making things happen. They were making magic. And he was like, and they were they were pushing each other. And making goals. Be and scoring exactly. like crazy, both of them. Yes, yes. They were one and like two. Crazy. One and two in the Golden yeah. Boot race that year, right? And and they made each other yeah, better uh, players. Yeah, yeah. You you fast forward to 2001. It's no, I know. That, that was, We're going to jump around magical, a bit. Yeah. That was the magical season. Um, um, Diego Diego was unbelievable from day one. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and at the same time, we have some players that <laughs> we couldn't believe how they were playing in a in a professional league. Right. I'm not going to mention names, but uh, I remember that Stevens. <laughs> right. I hope he doesn't hear. <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast. But uh, but I remember that uh, he was the one who received probably the most boos from the stands. Uh, it, it was kind of sad, you know. Yeah. Uh, Dan, Dan, uh, Dan was the one who received all the bad vibes from every fan of the stadium. Um, <laughs> on the other hand, Diego, Diego was uh, Diego was uh, the wonder kid, you know, and. Uh, and 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 we really you know really, really love him from the very beginning. Um, those years, 1998. Uh, let me tell you that the, the league the league was was very flexible in terms of what you could do. Uh, and and I was working on TV and I was making friends with the players. And that was my magical years were from 1998 when I had the chance to uh, to go to the locker room <laughs> sometimes before. The players reached the locker room. I was there already, uh, waiting for them. I became really good friends with uh, with a lot of players at that time. I, I knew El Pibe Valderrama from before, from our previous uh, uh, shows. Um, I, I I started to get really you know close friendship with uh, with uh, with Diego and with uh, Nelson Vargas and Henry Gutierrez and Jeff Casar yep. and 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 they were all. You know, great kids, and you know, and, and we have a very, very close relationship. Uh, very good friends. So they allow me to do things that they, you know, that they wouldn't let me do in any other league, at, sure. you know, at any other, at any other moment. So for me, it was like a, you know, a dream come true for a kid. You yeah. know, like, but but I was I, I was already you know twenty eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, thirty eight. I was already thirty eight by then. Uh, so it was it was kind of it was kind of oh, now finally you know I'm part of a team I'm part of the professional team I can right. go with the players I was jumping into the field as soon as the as soon as the last week so nobody will stop me right. uh, I, I have some I have some pictures we were winning every now and then so you can imagine that those first two years every time that we we win a game it, it, it was craziness I right. you know I I was just open the door that all the security guards let me in, open the door and go and hack them and, and go. I remember I have pictures with uh, Jessica, Jeff Kassar and, and, and Mario Gori going around celebrating uh, celebrating a win. That Those things, you know, it, it was unimaginable in another, in another league. It was, in, it, it, you know, it was, it was something that for me, it was, you know, crazy to be part of, be part of the team and be so close to them. And then, uh, I started to work on um, my uh, sports show in 1999. Okay. So 1998, when we went to the playoffs, and, and 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 even after that, you know, I was paying for my own pocket to go 
to go to see the playoff. So uh, we were going in a, on a plane with them. I have pictures on the plane with uh, with the guys, and and uh, it, it was such a magical moment. I was part of the team. You know, I was I was a player number twelve, yes. and uh, and 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 uh, and everybody, you know, everybody would would love me and and give me the jerseys. And uh, I have this one is this one. If I'm not mistaken, this is the one of the very first hat trick of Diego. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, he asked, he asked me to to give him back many times. I said, no way, man. <laughs> I, I will keep it forever. But uh, that was a crazy day when he scored. I I'm. Pretty sure that was the very first time that he got a hat trick. It was the very first time also for the for the for the team. Yeah. And I and I jumped into the field. Like I said, every time the ref, we got the final whistle, and I was already, you know, in the circle, in the middle of the um, middle of the field, because I was running to hug and and, and have five, and, and we were hugging with the players, and and um, and and I asked him for the for the jersey. So I I kept that jersey forever. Uh, I have to confess, River Play is is red and red and white, so. To, to accept that my team will now have the colors of my arch rival, Boca Juniors, it, it was kind of painful. Right. I, I, you know, at one time, it was, yeah, yellow and blue. And so I couldn't pick up any other color, you know, but uh, so I, I was kind of, oh my God. Thank God these ones weren't so bad. This one, okay. But, uh, but it was uh it, it, it was uh it was something that uh, you know I always got it right here and say why do my team here in Miami have to get the teams of my arch rival in Argentina? Yeah. Um those were those were uh you know really magical years. Uh, the the first two and um yeah with uh, with with Cacho Cordova as the coach, Ivo Warman also I, I remember sitting down right next to Cernau to Valderrama in the in the locker room when when Ivo was coming to to give the speech after the games. And, oh, wow. and and yeah. I see that you know, uh, right there, and I and and no one will no one will take me out because, like I said, I was part of the family. Yeah. Um, he changed it a little bit when when Ray came in because <laughs> he was a little more strict. Yeah. So I have, I you know, it, it was a little bit more difficult for me to get into the locker rooms uh, as fast uh, that last year. But but back then, all the players. You know, we were very close friends, so they they would always sneak me in and and, and having a good time. You know, I think that's um, I love that you shared that because that's something that I think it's hard for folks to really think about on how the league was back then. Um, you mentioned, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it really was. I remember, you know, I was I mentioned that I volunteered at uh, the Dallas games, but even so, all the players felt pretty approachable, like, come on in, this league is new, your family, and even more so, I'm hearing consistently from the Miami uh, crew, right, Miami coaches and, and players and, and and folks in the media and staff, that it really was one big family, like, you're here, you're part of it, we're yeah. going to interact with you just the same as we would anyone else, and we're building something, we're building a family here, um, and so it's interesting to me that, you know, I think we've got the Inter-Miami supporters, La Familia, and, and it really is that that family aspect that continues on. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we, uh, I, I'm telling you that those years, uh, I got another, I got another anecdote that laid it on. Uh, and, and that was when, when the fusion was already folded. So I can, I had to check what year was that, but it was, uh, it was an MLS cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was Houston against new England. And, uh, and I, and I have a lot of friends also in the whole league because, uh, you know, People were coming from Mexico, and I started to work on uh, on my show República Deportiva in 1999, and I was uh, interviewing and, and covering 
everything, you know, football from those years. So now I knew more and more and more players and uh, and they were coming to my show as a guest uh, to our show, uh, Republica Deportiva. And 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 they, they will bring me, you know, I have that crazy idea that I ask them, OK, when you come into the show, you have to bring me a, a jersey. <laughs> and, and that was something that I make it official. And that's why now I have over 500 jerseys because everybody will have to bring me a jersey. And uh, yeah. But then I knew so many players in, in every single team. So I remember that MLS Cup, that it was uh, uh, Manuela Bundis playing in New England. And and, and and I was there already covering the, the MLS Cup. And uh, they say, no, no, Fernando, come in, come in. You, you are a friend of us. Sit with us on the bench. So I was sitting on the bench with the New England players <laughs> in an MLS Cup through the half, you know, probably 20 something minutes of the first half when I when I get, you know, a, a knock on my shoulder <laughs> and I turn around and say, say, Fernando, you cannot be sitting here at the MLS Cup. You know, the, the league, the league was already getting bigger and more strict and more right. you know, official. Right. So right, right. I, I, you know, I was having a little more restrictions at that time. But uh, <laughs> but the first years, like I said, they were they were absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, I, I don't say that they leave every fan to do that sure. because I also was working with them and I knew them, right. everybody. Uh, I, I, I have the greatest memories. I have the greatest memories because pretty much it was the dream come true, you know, to be part of the team, to be part of the league, uh, supporting the league from very first, from the very first day, going to the MLS All-Stars. I remember the 1998 going to Orlando uh, the year before I started with, uh, with the sports show. Um, and then, uh, you know, talking about the MLS. And I have to say something. At that time, uh, I understand there were so many colleagues uh, uh, and, 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 and TV in general, all the, all the pundits that they were, of course, they were mad about, you know, that the club was going backwards, that, you know, yeah. the fields weren't so good, that the players were not great, that they were, and, and the ones that are coming with the name were coming all players from Europe that they already, right. you know, got their... their, their the best years behind and they didn't like the ref and they didn't like the ball and they didn't like the fans and they didn't like anything. But, you know, for me, because I didn't want to lose again, yes, <laughs> the yes. league, like it happens to me back in 1993, I was supporting everything. And I said, listen, I can criticize. I know that I don't like the clock going backwards. I don't like so many things, but let's look for the positive things. Yes. Let's, so I was pretty much the voice of supporting and trying to convince people that give the MLS a chance, which was not an easy task yeah. back in 1996, 97, 98, 99, because the people were comparing our league, like they still do now, with Europe, with South America. And of course, a hundred year leagues like in Europe or South America against a three, four, five, even 10 years history in the U.S., Right it was difficult to make a comparison like that. So I can assure you that I was one of the few that I was trying to, you know, support every way because uh, I didn't want to go again to lose a league like it happened before. And fortunately, I lost a team again, which I, I, I thought, no, I have to be, I can't believe it. They have to be me because I, 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 don't, I don't understand how can I lose two teams, you know, yeah. yes. in, in a span of 20 years. You know, in, in in this country, uh, but but you know, I, I was more used to now in two thousand and one. I knew that 
here in America, the teams will move from one city to another one. Um, the, the owners will move. Something like it's unheard of in you know in in pretty much any other part of the world. Right. Uh, but uh, but here in America, you know, you can have a, a baseball team one day in Baltimore and the next day uh, someplace else. So or the same thing with the Colts in the NFL or same thing with uh, with my with my football my uh, my American football team the the Oakland Raiders which uh, they were the Oakland when I came to US right. then they went to LA then they went and now it's now it's Las Vegas so. I know that I know that your team might move around, but uh, to disappear completely, that was devastating, and it happened to me twice. My co- my cosmos that disappeared first, um, uh, my fusion that disappeared later on. Yes, um, you know I I like that you brought up um, about those two teams. It's helpful context, right? Because of the fact that you had come to New York. Then NASL's gone. So not even just the Cosmos, but the entire league is gone. And now you've got another league. You've got Miami. Miami leaves. I mean, it's helpful because you are correct in that from a media perspective, it's still that way today, as you brought up. But it was so much worse back then because it was new to really say, forget about this league that, you know, the United States of America is trying to develop. It's garbage. It's got all these different rules. What's this shootout? What's this clock? Like, we don't understand but to then be in the place where you lost the ability to follow and support and cover a team, um, it's it's huge to be able to say, let's give it a chance, let's let it build. Um, that that's something that people don't often want to do is is give things a chance, especially in sports. Now you had, if I recall, you mentioned the show that you had um, where you you brought different players on. How did you interact with? Um, did you? I, I presume you brought some fusion players on. Much more than that, yeah. Much, much, much more than that. Uh, like when we started in uh, in in 1999 in April, <laughs> April today is 24 years since right. the first show of Republica Deportiva. In April uh, 1999, the original Re- Republica Deportiva show, uh, it was a uh, it, it was the first time probably in the Hispanic TV in the U.S. that we have an open forum that we have a a two hour show that we have a guest. Or two guests wow. every week, so it, it it wasn't like that in the regular sports shows in sure. Spanish TV at that time. Uh, so this was completely new, and it was a great platform to advertise anything and everything that you want to advertise. So in the beginning, it was like we were trying to explain to people, you know, and trying to convince people to come to Miami to our show. You know, two three months down the road. Everybody was offering, <laughs> please take me to your show. Please, sure. can I go to Miami? Please, uh, let me. Yeah, I will take the jersey and I will give the jersey to you. And 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 not only that, because at that time in 1999, Univision got the rights of the MLS. Okay. So I was going. I personally was going to the Univision. See what I was doing? I, I was going to the to the games on Saturdays. Uh, uh to the. To the for uh, to for Lauderdale Stadium, and I will try to convince the players to stay one more day to so they can come over to my show. And then okay. you know I was trying to get help from people and in, in media and so on to trying to tell. But at that time they wanted to promote so much the league that it wasn't a big problem. See now sure. it now seems like crazy that you will go on a on a Saturday night and tell hey listen leave one of your players that speaks <laughs> Spanish for one more day and stay right. going back to Dallas leave it here so he can come to the show in the morning right. and, and promote. But at that time, it was great for the team. Yeah, You know, it, 
it was fabulous. Uh, and, and and that's what I was doing that pretty much every week. Go to Fort Lauderdale, you know, I will try to contact the player before, trying to get his number before and say, listen, try to convince your coach to leave you stay one more day. And so you can come to the you can come to the show. No matter what the result, if you beat the fusion, which usually was the case, or or, or, or the fusion uh, will win. So they they start to come. The first was like kind of a personal relationship. You see, I was calling a couple of players that I knew from before, but then the teams were calling me and say, hey, listen, I remember the guy that was in charge in, uh, in San Jose. I said, listen, we have uh, Cerritos and Mauricio Wright and Diaz Arce. We want to go to your show and we'll take personalized jerseys with your names and everything. Can we go the Sunday that we, the day after we play Miami Fusion? So they were looking at the schedule and everybody was trying to convince me to let my, those guys come to my show. So then it was the reverse thing and I was always welcome everybody and yeah. we have a such a great time. All the ones who speak Spanish, they were coming to the show to promote uh, to promote the show, uh, to promote the teams and the, and the MLS. And the MLS also took, obviously, took advantage at that time and said, hey, listen, sure. uh, these guys, uh, he loves the MLS and he, you know, Fernando Fiore and, and, and the whole show welcomes all these guests. Um, in, in the beginning, it, it took me a little bit to convince also my production, my right. producers, because, uh, you know, uh, you know, sometimes you didn't have the time to get more guests or, or get an, an extra player. But uh, right away, you know, we start to get more and more comfortable with the players and uh, and the teams. And they start to bring me, bring me the jerseys and bring the players. And then, unfortunately, uh, I think it was the second year Univision lost the rights mm. of the MLS to Telemundo, which created me a problem because... Uh, even though they were telling me to don't talk about the league that it was in another in another network, right? Uh, I was trying to sneak in my comments about my day on the stadium the night before. Yeah, uh, we didn't usually we didn't put a lot of highlights, or we didn't talk about. It. I said, "Hey, don't talk too much because now MLS is now in Telemundo." So right. you know, I think it was a uh, year two thousand. Yeah, uh, and uh, and I said, "Yeah, guys, but." You see, I, I think that's many times I was ahead of my time. You know, now, now yeah. it's now it's logical. I mean, if you don't have the rights, you still have to talk about NBA. Right. But back then it was kind of back then it was like, a, hey, we have the rise of the Mexican League. So we talk and talk and talk about the Mexican League. Fernando, don't talk about the MLS because it's in the other network. <clears throat> like I said, it created it created a little problem for me because, you know, I was trying to make it very subdued and say, oh, yesterday I saw... Mexican players uh, with you know at the MLS playing um, at the Fusion, and uh, it, it was a little. But I was still supporting the league. I was yeah. still trying to get. And then, eventually, the MLS came back to Univision, and uh, and again, I was uh, more more free to talk about uh, about the MLS. I was in the show until 2014. Wow! So all those all those years, uh, I left Univision right after. The World Cup in Brazil. Okay, uh, but that time, but that time, I I was covering and broadcasting my my seven World Cup, uh, all all the years of the league since 1996, and in my particular case, since 1999, uh, on TV, and uh, and the fondest memories. And uh, and and from that point, then I went to Fox. So Fox got the rights to MLS. So I, you know, I was keep going on and on with uh with the mls until until today until actually 
finally I you know we have another team in Miami and <laughs> and that's another story yeah you know, I, I like that you brought up the the media rights because I think that's really hard. If somebody's looking at the media landscape today, I think it's really hard to wrap your, for folks to wrap their minds around how it was at that particular time where these organizations did own the rights, meaning you didn't have the ability to talk about uh, the leagues that you didn't really have the rights to. And then um, as far as a, uh, a reporter, right, as, as far as putting the show together. And now you see... Yeah, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't the law. It, was, you know, it wasn't something that it was writing. <laughs> so right, nobody right, would right. say that, it's, uh, that they, were, they, were, you know, they were trying to uh, uh, you know, uh, eliminate the news. Right. But it, it, it was in the back, you know, that you don't, you don't promote much the league that you don't have. That, uh, right. That's that's what really what I was getting at is that you yeah. you're covering one particular league. You don't really want to talk about any other league yeah. than the one you've got because you want people to come to the platform to watch this yeah. particular league. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. Thank you for for stating that. And then but now you do have people all over talking about different leagues and what's going on and what's happening with this particular it, it, player. The same yeah. thing with us. The same right. thing with the broadcasters. Back then I was working Univision. I, you know, I, it, it wasn't in writing i was exclusive waiting yes that was in writing but try to don't even pass by close to the univision <laughs> network right. studios right. Or, or or seeing someone that it works at, at telemundo i mean if, if you work in univision don't don't go close to the studio <laughs> because uh, <clears throat> it was like that now you see us the same broadcasters one day they broadcast in Panama Plus, the, uh, the Italian League. The next day they are in Fox doing something else. Right. And then the following day they are doing uh, Apple TV. And the next day they are working in Univision. And, and the, so now it's a completely you know open market and anybody works anywhere. Um, the landscape changed completely, you know. Uh, yeah. you know it, it's, uh, it's a different ballgame. It was completely different on, on that time when, uh, you know, when it was... The cellular phones didn't didn't let you watch uh, the yeah. games, or you didn't have a platform, or you you know, uh, and it was very limited. The, uh, all the websites they were very limited to very specific things, and right. and, and, and 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 it was a, uh, you know, it was more black and white. Now, right, anything goes. Yeah, no, absolutely. I want to know. Um, I want to fast forward a bit and talk about sort of that. Um, maybe maybe two things. I'll ask you this. Number one. Do you have any specific memories of that 2000 U.S. Open Cup run that the Fusion made? There it is. Look at that. The silver. You're holding up uh, for those. Unreal. Unreal. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I have it in my hand. Yes. The 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 silver medal, the runner-up medal from the Chicago Fire Miami Fusion U.S. Open Cup final in 2000. That's incredible. So talk to me about your personal memory. I didn't go. I didn't go to see the game. Uh, probably I was probably I was traveling someplace. Right. Uh, but uh, my contacts at the team and my probably one of the players, you know, get me one, uh, and uh, and I and I save it. Uh, yeah. Oh my God! If we wouldn't, you know, if we wouldn't get that that U.S. Open Cup, it would be much more difficult, or it would be an embarrassment to fold, you know, the champion of the U.S. Open Cup, uh, even though they were losing so much money with the team, but. Uh, uh, I don't want to speculate, but unfortunately, we lost that one, yeah. and uh, and we were not able to win the MLS Cup the next year. Yeah, yep. in, you yeah. know, it, yeah. it, it was difficult to see the best team in the league 
to be folded. You know, I, I, I don't, I, I will have to do a very big research, but maybe not that big. I don't think it ever happened in the history of any league in any part of the world that the best team one year, uh, we're going to wipe them out of the right. league the next year. Yeah. No, I don't. Uh, it's it's not something I will say. It's not something you historically see in sports. Just forget like anywhere, in, anywhere like widening it beyond football. Right. You don't you don't see the, that. So the team. Yeah. The team that they get to the final of the historical Open Cup. Yeah. couldn't win that one. It wouldn't be so different. But anyway, you got to the final. You are the supporting shield, the best team of the season. Right. That next year. Yeah. You have the best team in the whole league. And next year. They decided to wipe you out. It's it's, it's, it's uh, you know, it's it's difficult to digest for us, especially yeah. for the. Uh, but I understand. I understand. Uh, you know, the the league, the MLS, is is different from <laughs> from all the other leagues in the world. So, right, right, so right, right. It, it shouldn't be such a big surprise. Although uh, my heart was broken again, but uh, and many more guys, you know, <laughs> hearts were broken again, but. Uh, you know, it's 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 not a big surprise. Everything was about dollars and cents, and uh, and and it didn't work out financially. The owner of the fusion didn't, you know, have more problems than solutions. Right. Uh, no sponsorships. Uh, not a lot of people in the stands, and uh, unfortunately, they uh, we disappeared. It's it's really tough. Um, you know, I was. In a prior episode talking with John Trasky, he talked about how that 2000 U.S. Open Cup run laid the foundation for that 2001 Supporter Shield winning season where they were the, the absolute best team in the league. Like, no no question about it. They were the dominant force with all those players. Yeah, yeah. And then and then it getting folded and just that's it. Right. And 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 it's a it's a huge what if what if the playoff format had been different and they'd been able to make it? What if they had won it? Would that have forced the league's hand to go, you know what, maybe let's pause. They've won the Supporter Shield and the MLS Cup now. Or would things have continued? It's likely things would have continued and, and it would have still been frustrating. And so I wonder um, what's maybe, as we're starting to sort of wind down here, I'd like to know what's maybe one of your most uh, fond memories of that final year with the Fusion? Joy, man, joy, joy. It was, uh, uh, like, like I said, I was a, a, probably was a little more strict with Ray to to get uh, to get on the field and so on. But I still managed yeah. to jump onto the field as soon, you know, because I knew all the I knew all the security guards and I knew everybody <laughs> who was running the stadium before Ray arrived. Right. So, <laughs> so maybe maybe it was a little more difficult for me to sneak in and and listen to Ray's. Uh, to you know, to raise speech after the games, but uh, but I managed. I managed. I was probably not sitting right next to Valderrama. I was probably <laughs> at the door. But I remember vividly going into the door, and you know, the security guard let me in. So I opened the door of the locker room, closed it, and stayed by the stay by the door and and listened the joy of the players. They were coming to me, and and we hug and and, and we celebrate because we were winning a lot. Yes, we were winning a lot of games. Uh, we were playing, you know, unbelievable football. Uh, Pineda Chacon and Preki and, uh, and 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 Ian Bishop and uh, you know everybody was Jim Rooney. Everybody was uh, oh look what I have here actually. Look. You've got oh there's the team photo right there the team photo from 2001. Yeah, 
see, at that time, it was in Telemundo because yep. this is uh, Telemundo 51. Um, so I, I, I look at that when you were talking about trash, you see in the picture, Mastroeni, Mastroeni, another, yes. another great friend that I, that I, that we talk so much. His parents are from Argentina, uh, from Mendoza. So we have a, a great relationship and, um, uh, uh, Tyron Marshall. Oh my God. I, you know, I'm looking at, at these pictures and, um, it was absolutely, absolutely fabulous to, uh, to get all, all these guys, uh, in, in that run that it was such a powerful team. Uh, you know, you, you were going to for Lauderdale knowing that you will have a great, great match and, and, and a great event. And I have to admit, even though that year, I don't remember fitting up the stands. Yeah. Uh, it, it wasn't like, you know, that's what I, you know, that's what I'm saying that everything started when we probably, when we, when we lost the chance to play in downtown Miami, I will never know. Uh, I know that the people in up north support the team and so on, but still it was a long, sure. it, it was a long drive from Miami or from the South to the, to the, to Fort Lauderdale. It, it was only the, you know, the year that we were winning and winning. I, I don't think that, that, that the word spread, you know, to everyone that we were such a great team, yeah. but, but I have to admit, I, I you know, I have a lot of great moments. It was a lot of joy, but I still remember that we didn't we didn't fill up the stands the way we should in order to uh, uh, cement that uh, the team and the and the organization and the franchise. Uh, if we wouldn't get 16, 17, 18,000 every game, uh, it would be different, probably because uh, you know it wouldn't be such a great loss economical to the owners and to the league, and and probably they will give it another chance. But we didn't. You know, it was still even in 2001, we were at the bottom of uh, of attendance and, and at the very bottom of uh, sponsorship. Yeah. So unfortunately, it didn't work. So it was it was the last year. The last year was kind of you know, an yeah. unbalanced feelings of emotional and and so grateful to go and see my team play so well and 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 going all the way, pretty much uh, you know being a supporter Shields champions and so on. But on the other hand, I was still guessing and say, why did people don't come? That was that was the question. Yeah, that was the question with the people that we were going every week, and we sat down uh, because I didn't broadcast the games. Uh, you know, uh, so I was sitting on the on the fan with uh, you know on the stands. So we were sitting there and says, why is no more people today? They didn't see the they didn't see the match last week that we yeah. played so good. They didn't see that we are on on top of the of the standings. They they don't see they don't have the curiosity to come and see a good football match. And, and that was the question every time we were going to the stadium. I said, how come there's no more people here in the stands today? How come it's so easy to park? Right. Come, you know? And uh, and tough. we didn't know. We didn't know that they're going to make us disappear. But, uh, but you know, if you look back, unfortunately, you know, we didn't have the support of, the, of, of enough fans to get the fans that were going. We were diehard. All the aficionados, all the, yes. all the groups, they, you know, we were really, you know, supporting like crazy, but we were not enough people. Yeah. I want to ask you these last two questions. Um, number one, I want to know, what do you think the legacy of the fusion is? And number two, the counter, the, the second part of that question is, what do you want new MLS fans, perhaps new even Inter-Miami fans, to know about the fusion's legacy? Well, like I mentioned from the very, very first questions and the very first time that we start to talk, uh, 
I, I felt part of the I felt part of the team all the way through. I, uh, I, I didn't I didn't play professionally in my life. Uh, I wasn't signed by the Fusion. Yeah. I didn't have a contract, but uh, but my relationship it was so close with the organization, uh, especially with the players, you know, and the fans. But I mean, not not. I think I met the owner once, but I, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like I was in the in that particular uh, level, but I was so close to the players and to the fans. So for me, the the legacy of that particular family, it was that it was such an amazing, crazy, short run. Mm. Uh, it, it was a it was a roller coaster with only one big peak. We started at the very bottom. We get very much up there and we were very much on the height. Supporters Shield champions and everything. We went down and disappeared the next time. So it, it was a roller coaster that it ended up at the bottom very badly with a big crash. Uh, so the legacy is like everything was fast. Uh, four years. Everything went from bottom to top to disappear <laughs> yep. very fast very short and uh and i think that that you know that family was uh you know was a little crazy you know it was a little crazy of uh, how at, at the end uh the likes of uh uh mastro any answer and casada nick Grimando, nick Grimando, another very good friend uh for many years and uh and uh and, and the ones that they were previous that the ones that they only they only uh, got the chance to see the bad part, like uh, you know, yeah. Gutierrez and Vargas and and Popes Herrera, the Argentinian yeah. guy of the very first year. <laughs> I remember him. Uh, all those players that they were just in the beginning on the bad times, and the ones that they were in the bad and in the good times, and the ones that they come at the end, like Chris Henderson and yeah. things that you know, the people that that uh, that they enjoy the Ray Hudson's era. Uh, they all melt somehow, and 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 for me, I'm kind of the liaison between them, you yeah, know, between yeah, the yeah. ones that, that that they were in the beginning, or David Vaudrill, another good friend that he was also on the team in the beginning, um, or Cle oh Comosco, oh my God, all Clicoy man, <laughs> all those, now I start to get all yeah. the players from the from the first years. Uh, I play I played in the very first um, media game. Uh, on the on the dry pink with uh, that I have a picture now. Now I play in the very first media game of the Inter Miami. I'm 62 now. Uh, back then, uh, when I was 40, I played in the very first and only. I think it was the only media game that we played with a with a Miami Fusion. Yeah. And uh, so many memories. 20 years apart. Uh, my pictures. My pictures with a uh, with a uh, with. With all the all the broadcasters from that era, from from the late nineties and early early two thousand, and now with the young influencers and streamers and <laughs> and, all, yep. and completely different story, and I'm still there. I mean, that, <laughs> that's magical, man. Mm -hmm. That's magical. Uh, it, it's a very famous and very long-standing uh, reporter from the Miami Herald, uh, Michelle Kaufman, that she also played that game and she played in the in the game here and said. Michelle is, is is unreal, you know. We we played back then in 1998, and now we are playing again. And I have to say, I played decently good. I played decently good. So really if, nice. if those, those stories, those stories are, are you know they will never 
you know, get away of my heart or my, you know, my soul. It, everything is, uh, it, it, for me, it was a magical mystery tour. <laughs> yes. yes, I love it. Well, Fernando El Presidente, thank you so much for sharing your stories with us. No, please. It's a, it's a pleasure. Uh, now, like you said, it's only 25 years, but it will be, uh, you know, 25 is a, <laughs> yes. it's a nice generation. Yes. Uh, I would love to have a reunion. I will, I will work on it. I will help. I will volunteer to, to help into that and, and, and get a 25 year reunion with, uh, with a wonderful, wonderful family of the Miami uh, fusion that it will, you know, stay in our hearts forever. Let's make it happen. Let's do it. 25 for 25 is a detox podcast production. Music production provided by KCWM on Spotify and YouTube. Recording, editing, post-production, and hosting has been completed by me, Joe Shaw. If you would like to follow along with this podcast, you can subscribe to it directly wherever you get your podcasts or by subscribing to the Detox Podcast feed. For more information about this and other detox-produced podcasts, be sure to go to detoxpodcast.com. That's D-T-A-L-K-S podcast.com. And a special thanks to all those who took the time to share their story with me. If you want to continue to support this podcast, please share it with a friend and rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to it currently. Though Miami fans nowadays are decked in pink, I'll always bleed blue and yellow. Hashtag Fusion Forever.